This, this, this is, 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 is. Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 752. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your MMA preview for the weekend coming up. If this is the first time that you've ever come to the Fight Disciples podcast. Firstly, where have you been? I've been here for seven years for crying out loud. And... We don't want it to be the last. So please subscribe to us. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. Uh, we've got plenty of audio feeds on there, so you can consume it however you want to consume it. And if you prefer to watch, you can do. Head to our YouTube channel, hit the button, which says subscribe, and therefore you'll get a notification every time we dish out some MMA content. We do a bit of boxing stuff in there as well. So if you just like combat sports in general, everything is there for you across all those feeds. Just head to our website, fightdisciples.com. You won't go far wrong. Now, last week, oh, we had a cocks out, didn't we? Not literally, but we were enjoying ourselves because Jacksonville, Florida absolutely delivered. The crowd mm. were in attendance for a big fight night. It all went wild. They gave the fighters an extra 10, 15%. Fighters turned up, they delivered and gave us some absolute stellar performances and some blockbuster fights. So, ahead of International Fight Week, what do you do? You sandwich in another apex shot. <clears throat> oh. hey. Yeah. Um, did you see Kevin Lee's back in the UFC, by the way, and he's back on this card this weekend? Did you see his response to a few questions that came his way on uh, on Media Day this week? He's not happy. He's not happy. Well, he's just questioning um, the use of the apex. He said, did the, did the guys in the UFC not get the memo? The pandemic's over, man. Exactly. Come on. Shite. Let's get it. Let's get us out there. Let's get us out in front of the people. He said, I'm a big time fighter. I don't care. You put me on a fight night card. That's fine. But I want to be fighting in front of a crowd. That's why I do it. I want to be out mm. there uh, feeling, feeling the energy. Yeah, he's a little bit disappointed that he's uh, returned to the UFC. One, he's on the prelims. And two, yeah. <laughs> and two he's... Uh, He's he's behind closed doors, so to speak. Strange putting someone of his Kevin Lee's caliber on the prelims of an Apex card. Really strange, but you know. Arlovsky was there a couple of weeks ago, son. Yeah, all the it, legends have to prop it up it, now and again. It feels like he's uh, he's being he's being you know humiliated a little bit with his comeback fight, but it is what it is. Whatever, let's just fucking get on with it. Get on with it. It feels it's not like the greatest. Listen, it's a proper apex card, isn't it? You know, we know what these are. They're not. They're a step below the fight nights. They're a couple of steps below the pay per views. There's certainly a few steps below the international fight nights. This is a standard apex card. There's a, there's one or two names on there, and there's actually a couple of names I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, but when you've got Kevin Lee and Gullum Kutaladzi deep on the prelims, it does raise the old eyebrow. Rock styley. It feels it is is a different debate then, right? Are the UFC doing too many events? That's and that sounds batshit crazy for me to be, be saying that because we want events, we want it week after week, we want to see the best against the best. But it is traditionally the best against the best. It's the Champions League of MMA, but because of them needing to fulfill a quarter of shows. Are these shows diluting anything for you? Um, no, if you put it, if you think about it the way I've just described, 
This is third tier UFC. This is, you know, Bournemouth but versus Norwich. But should, but should UFC have a third tier? Um, well, that's the other question. I, I personally think yes, because I think the UFC can and should deliver three events a month. And that's what these cards allow them to do. I think there's a post-pandemic reliability on the Apex, which the Apex paid for itself during the pandemic. It was invaluable. And it took the UFC to a whole new level in terms of an audience because it's the only live sport on the planet. And people were like, fuck it, man. I want to see live sports. I'm going to tune in. And I think the UFC probably garnered a lot of fans from that on a global scale. Mm. It paid for itself then. It should now be used for tough. It should now be used for sporadic things like Dana White's contender series. Kevin Lee's right. When you get to the UFC in the big show, yeah. there's a big difference between an Apex card and the, the, the UFC 290 that follows at the T-Mobile the week after. Huge difference. But there's got to be some semblance of same. And I think, yes, watching Norwich versus Bournemouth on a fucking Tuesday night is different from watching Liverpool versus Barcelona in the Champions League three days later. I'll give you that, you know, whatever. But it's got to kind of, there's got to be some kind of feeling of the same. There's no reason why Kevin Lee and has in the past featured on big Champions League to you numbered event nights on main cards as well. Yeah, here he is on a cold Tuesday night in Stoke. There just needs to be a bit more of a... We need to call these cards what they are, the UFC Apex. We've had this conversation before. Hmm. This should be UFC starter one. And then you've got fight nights, and then you've got numbered events. There needs to be a tier system to clearly differentiate, because this is not the same as what we're delivering a week later. This is not the same as UFC 290. It might have one or two flavors. Oh, wait a minute. Didn't he once play for Barcelona? And now he's playing for fucking such and such. You know, AK Athens on a, in the UEFA Nations League. All right, he's come down a notch. Do you know what I mean? There's got to be, it's the same, but it's different. And calling this a fight night is not the same. Not mm. even as last week where we had Emmett versus Tapora. That was a proper fight. Get excited about that. It's a proper main event. Strickland versus Magomedov. I don't know what Magomedov's done, what pitches he's got to get in into a main event. And Sean Strickland in a main event? Oof, Jesus. Well, this is Sean's fifth, isn't it? I mean, he's been in so... Mate, they keep reeling him out. But on the Magomedov thing, again, I was just asking... And this is a debate for fans as you're watching this and listening to this. And I know that you've got an opinion on it because obviously you get your numbered events in the UFC and they're absolutely mustard. Vancouver aside, absolutely mustard. All right. And we're getting one uh, a week on Saturday in Las Vegas, two world title fights, great stack card for international fight week. Everybody's excited about that. And as you look towards the end of the year, those numbered cards that we're starting to talk about, they're starting to build some serious momentum. And then you have your fight night cards, which are in front of crowds. And again, they've been brilliant. When you pick them up and you drop them in different locations around the world, they've all been brilliant. We're blessed to have another one coming London's way. We've got one coming up in Paris. We'll be talking from a European standpoint. But even like Jacksonville at the weekend, we've just, we're have just we going to speak a little later on the show about the one that's just been announced for Vegas, which has got a title fight on it. Shevchenko versus Grasso okay. uh, mm-hmm. for Mexican Bank Holiday Weekend. Absolutely outstanding. But you're right. These ones, it just feels like 
it feels like these are, are cards to satisfy the promise to certain fighters because the UFC obviously I'm promises. Yeah, but they they promise certain fighters, right? You've got, we're going to promise you what two, three fights. I'm off, offer you two, three fights a year or whatever it may be. And these are the cards that enable that satisfaction to be met. You look at this main event, for example. It's not a main event. You look at that main. It's not a main event. Sean Strickland versus Abus Magomedov is not a UFC. What we would class as a UFC main event. You've got the number seven in the middleweight division, taking on a geezer that won his... Don't get me wrong. Burst onto the scene, didn't he? Burst onto the scene, won his debut in, what, 19 seconds, and everybody went, woo! But now, all of a sudden, he's in a main event against Sean Strickland. Five round. Nah, man. Come on. As you as you rightfully said, there's got to be, I think, a clear labelling so fans understand this is a next-gen. You know what I mean? It's a, this. Oh, this is your next... These guys are, are, are here and we're putting them in these positions in order to progress to the, the what we would class as proper fight night cards because this isn't a fight night card. As you look down the whole card, there's no name value. Nope. That, that main event's a weird match piece of matchmaking. I don't get it. I look at, like Sean Strickland, don't get me wrong. People know him, polarizing character. You love him or you hate him, right? I get all that. But you're not telling me that there's there's other Roman Delidze, for example. Roman Delidze has a fight with Marvin Vittori. Wins progresses. Now I know that they've there's been talk about Roman Delidze and uh, Sean Brady, uh, Brady from the uh, from the weekend just gone. Sorry, mm-hmm. Brendan Allen, not Sean Brady. Brendan Allen. Brendan Allen from the weekend just gone, um, being matched matched up. Brendan Allen said that he's going to renege on the main event with Roman Delidze because he's waiting for what happens next week with Robert Whittaker and Drikas Duplessis because he wants Drikas Duplessis. I think that's absolutely bonkers for me. Take the If you've been off in the main event for September, son, take the main event and take it against Roman Delidze because it's only going to progress you uh, further. Anyway, that's by the by. But the, I'm looking at Roman Delidze, for example. Why is that not a main event here? Yeah. Abus Magomedov. It, it, like I said, the main event just feels weird. Feels like a weird piece of matchmaking. Yeah, and you know, it, it's not like it's um, been a rehashed main event either. I'd, I'd say the cards been hashed together and put together last minute. But when you look around the fights, look at UFC 290 next week. There's fights on the prelims that are better than this main event. Prelims. Yeah. You're telling me one of those fights on the, two two fighters on the prelims wouldn't rather be a main event. The week before, I'm sure they would. I'm sure they, surely they would. Maybe they would. But they want to do it in front of a crowd, mate. Well, maybe that's what. Maybe you want to be on the pay per view. Maybe because it's a bigger audience. Maybe because it's a bigger attraction. But the opportunity to be a main event surely has got to be an attraction in itself. I don't know. It feels like they've got a commitment to Strickland to put him in main event fights. Like he's got a contract that I'm in main events. And he's made this fight with Magomedov, who's had one fight in the UFC. Okay, he's had a bunch of fights made, and they've fallen out. But even the fights that were made, it's like Gerard Mearschalt and people like that. It's like, well, how'd you go from being a prelim fighter to jump into the main event after one quick fire performance? It, it's a, it's a very, it's a very unusual fight card. Listen, it's the, it's the UFC, and we say this all the time. 
Don't look past it. The apex, something mad will happen. Something will go viral. And it will. It will. it will. It absolutely will. And there's two or three names on here I am interested to watch. But as a main event, as a selling point, it does badly feel like, well, let's just get this out the way because the proper stuff's next week. Let's just do that. Let's get this under-21s match done behind closed doors so we can crack on because we're playing fucking Barcelona next week. That's what it feels like to me. I know that you you just... And it, it is easy to be harsh on Strickland. But if, if you think about his last few fights... Imagine if he'd have, yeah, but just imagine if he'd have beaten Pereira. Of course, if he'd have beaten Pereira, he'd have fought Izzy. He'd have been he'd have been next in line for a title shot against Izzy because Izzy's mopping up the division. Obviously, off the back of that, he then one fight in the UFC then. Yeah, but then he steps in with Cannonier, mm-hmm. top five contender, no doubt about that. We saw a great performance from him recently. Loses to Cannonier, he put his hand up last minute to take on Imovov, didn't he? Yeah. Last minute. That was like a what a seven day notice. He went, Yeah, go on then, I'll do it. Yeah. At light heavy. And wins. Comes through. And then he gets rewarded with this weird fight. No ranking. Like I said, I, I personally would have looked at Roman Delidze and gone. Roman De, I mean, style-wise, Roman Delidze and Sean Strickland kind of works, doesn't it? Both Fuck violent you. dudes. I think yeah. that works. As a five rounder. Plus, as well as that, Roman Delizzi's on a bit of a streak right now. Name value yeah. in Sean Strickland. If you want to pump Roman Delizzi as a person that's cutting through the division because you're looking for contenders at the top for the champion because he's mopped the division up. I just think the matchmaking's weird. Watch Abus Magomedov now, right? Come in, start him in 20 seconds and go, right, yeah. I'm the guy. I told you I was the guy. And that's why the UFC are pumping me through. I can't. It might happen. It might happen. But it just feels like it's a little bit fast because... His 19-second knockout or stoppage in his first fight in the UFC was against the guy that was one on four. You know, it's not like he knocked out a dude that's undefeated. Yeah. Anyway, 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 it is what it is. You've got Isma Gulov, big fan of Isma Gulov, against uh, Grant Dawson. It's a Again, it, it's yeah, it guys. is. It is, it is. I I, I just think Isma Gulov, well, whatever. Like you say, it's a, it's a decent enough fight. And then, as you mentioned a moment or two ago, you've got uh, Gurum Kutatlaze, who is uh, down the pecking order um, on on the prelims. It's going to be interesting to see how Gurum uh, bounces back, isn't it? Because there's other guys now in this division, Sarukian being one of them who have been high on over the last couple of weeks, who have really started to bounce. This division started to really started to move with those younger books chomping at the bit of trying to get into that top five, top five, top five. Gurum's got to do something here, man. He's got to, do, he's got to light the room up. He's got to do something special in order uh, to get his name back amongst that, that conversation. Yeah, well, he, he's he's on early on. You know, he's on the fucking prelims. He's like almost a curtain jerker. I think he's third fight on, um, which, you know, for me, Gurum Kutaladze is absolutely deserving of being on this main card because I, I really do think he's got that much talent and he's got a massive personality as well. So I feel like they're losing him, wasting him a little bit here. But being on so early, he's got the opportunity that he needs and that's just to call out the winner of Ismagulov versus Dawson because they're ranked. They're in the, they're in the position he wants to be in. You know, Guram is probably floating around 15 to 20 around that kind of ballpark, but he's capable of beating anybody above him. You've got Isma Gulov, who's number 12 in the world. You've got Dawson, who's ranked number 15 in the world. They're both in sensational form. 
They're both undefeated in about fucking five or six years. They're both the next generation, the next title challengers, part of that elite group in the lightweight division. Griff, uh, is Magulov and Dawson are absolutely in that conversation? Is Magulov, of course, sorry, lost to Tsurukin in his last fight, I should say, but mm -hmm. prior to that, he had a fantastic mm -hmm. win and run. Dawson is on a sensational win and run. They are absolutely in the mix. So Gulam's got to do the business against uh, Elvis Brenner. And then he's got to get on the microphone and go, right, I'll make this dead easy for the matchmakers. The co-main event, give me the winner. Whoever wins out of Ismagulov versus Dawson, give me that guy. And that's the opportunities that he's got. I think that co-main event for me is a much, again, it's hard to judge. It's a fight. It's hard to judge Magomedov because we've only seen him briefly. We know what he did in the PFL. We know what he's done out. He got knocked out in the PFL. I know. That's what I mean. We've only seen seconds of him in the UFC. Yeah. The, one, the main event could be very one-sided. The good thing is Strickland only fights one way. So Magomedov, yeah. if he's game, it might be entertaining. But really, it should be one-sided. The co-main event's where the shit's at. Magomedov. Uh, Ismagulov versus Dawson's a proper fight. Can Ismagulov bounce back and get back into winning ways? Can Dawson climb the rankings? I think it's a sensational fight with Kutaladze down below it. So that that's and Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee's name values on there as well, and he yeah, he's, he's and, bounced back. And listen, when we were in Paris last year, um, and it was amazing. The atmosphere was incredible. Cyril Gann, of course, two of us, a main event. You know, the, the singing of the French national anthem, uh, the, the landslide of victories for the French fighters. So many big performances that you're like, oh, I'll keep an eye on that guy. I'll keep an eye on that guy. One of the main guys was the lightweight Benoit Saint-Denis. He was fucking incredible. He looked absolutely brilliant in front of that French crowd. He's been inactive since. I think he's had a few fights made and that have fallen off. He finally returns here against Ismail Bonfim. Again, not too much I know about Ismail Bonfim, but what I've seen of Benoit Saint-Denis, so far in his run, out in Paris, I'm a big fan. I want to see how he moves forward. I want to see how he pushes on. Now he takes on this Brazilian. I'm interested. I'm interested in this fight. I'm interested to see what happens. Um, I'm sure a lot of UK MMA fans will be heading to Cardiff this weekend because uh, Cage Warriors is uh, back in action. Uh, and Matt Bonner, former champion, He's uh, making a bit of a surge, wanting in, wanting to get himself uh, back into title contention. And you do that by taking on the dentist, Darren Stewart, this weekend. Actually, it's a solid main event, that. Uh, Matt Bonner versus Darren Stewart. Uh, two guys, obviously, with big uh, ambitions to get themselves back into the title picture in, uh, in Cage Warriors. Both guys enter in the fight off uh, consecutive wins. You know what Darren's bringing. You know what Bonner's bringing. So it's going to be, uh, if you've got a... If you're going down to that in Cardiff this weekend, I'm sure you're going to be uh, entertained. Reese McKeon's on this card as well. He's a, a Scottish lad that is training with Jack Shaw. He trains in uh, in Shaw MMA uh, under their tutelage. Lots of good noise coming out uh, about uh, Reese McKeon. Uh, so keep an eye on him if you're going to Cage Warriors this weekend. So I'm absolutely gutted that Mason Jones hasn't got the opportunity here. I know that they tried. I know that Cage Warriors were working towards getting Mason Jones Formal, obviously, he dipped into the UFC, didn't go his way, did it? But he's a former two-weight champion in Cage Warriors. He's back at Cage Warriors. It's Cardiff. You thought, he's perfect. Stick him on, do his thing. But I'm led to believe that everybody that they uh, tried to get 
decline the fight. <laughs> no surprise, really. He's actually half-decent. Um, so they couldn't get him a match-up and they're trying to work on something for a little bit later on this year. It's a shame, really, because it would have been great to have Mason back making his comeback in Cage Warriors at, uh, at, at this Cardiff show this weekend. Yeah, in the main event as well. It would have really drove ticket sales and really brought a whole level of... A different level of attraction to the card. I think. Listen, I think Bonner versus Stewart's a good bit of matchmaking, as we know. Ian Dean's a crack and matchmaker. They both got almost identical records: um, fourteen and nine, and fourteen eight and one. So very similar experience. Of course, Darren Stewart's been in the UFC. Something Bonner can only aspire towards. Bonner's good everywhere. Typical next gen fighting. You know, his his base is jujitsu, but he's got. Good hands as well. Stuart will want to keep the, hand, the fight standard, of course. It's whether Bonner can close the distance and take him down and get a submission game going um, and whether Darren Stewart can keep the fight standing and land the big kind of shots or even start landing in a, in Bonner's garden, start getting his ground and pound going. Thing. It is, it's an intriguing main event. It just, it just would have been nice to have that dragon flag at the top of the card, wasn't it? When you go to, whenever you go into these territories, it's always nice to have a, a name, a real strong name in the main event. There's a few Welsh lads on here, don't get me wrong, and Gales. But uh, yeah, I think the Mason Jones fight would have been, just took this this card to the next level. Mm. Um, that is your MMA for the weekend. I know that this is relatively short. You're looking at this, you're looking at your clock, and you think to yourself, bloody hell, we've only been going about 20 minutes, and they're, they're done. It is. Listen, there's nothing really to get an odd on about other than... Um, International Fight Week next week. So I think it's only fair that we sprinkle in a little bit of news because there's some interesting stories uh, that are floating around uh, at the moment. And I want to talk about, um, and this all stems off the news that we've got Shevchenko versus Grasso 2. September 16th, Mexican um, Independence Bank Holiday. They're doing it as a fight night, so it won't be a numbered event. So, obviously, it's a title yeah. fight on a fight night at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. We is boy Shavkat taking on Kelvin Gastelum in the co-main event, mate. which is obviously absolutely uh, sensational. Um, now, there's loads of bits to, to pull off this. I'm going to go first and foremost with this, right? This is the UFC just showing a little bit of muscle, right, first and foremost. For all those that listen to us do uh, boxing as well as MMA, you know full well that Canelo Alvarez has just done his three-fight deal with uh, the PBC. Um, and he has said on his own Instagram, I'll see you in September, guys. Now, it's rumoured that he's going to be fighting in September 16th, Mexican Independence Weekend, as Canelo always does, against Jamal Charlo, which a lot of people, obviously, in the boxing world are extremely excited about. Of course, it's Canelo you want to see him fight. Now, where does that fight drop? There's plenty of places that it could go, of course. With, it, with him doing Texas and Mexico itself. But you would have thought, with it being a PBC number, that they would have wanted to go into Las Vegas. Timo Ballerina being perfect, or an MGM Grand, or something like that, for Canelo versus um, Charlo over the uh, Mexican uh, bank holiday. Because, as you know, Mexico descends on Vegas that weekend. It's absolutely carnage. If anybody's mm -hmm. been to one of them, it's sombreros, mariachi, they're everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. But the UFC have taken a big dump on that, haven't they? They've gone, <laughs> not an eye watch, kids. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do uh, a fight night, so we're not going to charge anybody pay-per-view for it. We're going to do a normal fight night, and we're going to make two fights, one of which is a title fight involving Mexican fighters. 
Bosch. We're going to stick it on in Vegas uh, and let's see what you do from there. Now, I'm not saying that uh, Showtime, PBC, won't go with the Canelo night. I'm sure they will. I'm sure that's what they'll still be aiming towards. But it doesn't half make it difficult uh, to uh, to try and promote that, especially when the UFC are putting on putting on this on standard cable subscription. Yeah. It's shit at the highest level, and I love it. I'm here for it every day of the week. It's mad to be talking about the fight card we are coming up this weekend being a fight night, and then this being a fight night, because this is what I'm yeah, talking perfect. about. This is perfect comparison. Absolute yeah. chalk and cheese, you know what I mean? This is this is Liverpool versus fucking Man United in a title contender race, going back a few years now, compared yeah. to fucking a Tuesday, a Tuesday night in Stoke. It really is. But it's a great fight, and it's a great fight card weekend, and what a time to do it. Alexa Grasso, the new champion, in a rematch with Shevchenko. Mexican Independence Day weekend, absolutely unreal. That will She will not be the final Mexican fighter added to this card. That is for goddamn sure. And then you've got the main man in the main, in the co-main events as well, Shavkat, the future, the welterweight division's one-time future champion of the world, is matched against my mate. If you remember, me and Calvin Gastelum, Hung out in New York. I taught him a little bit of scouse. He was all in. Top fella. I've known him for an awful long time, Kelvin Gastelum. And for me, this move for Gastelum is probably two or three years too late. He should have gone back to welterweight a long time ago. He's always been, let's be honest, Kelvin, a lazy welterweight, fighting at middleweight and doing incredibly well at middleweight. But his entire career, you could argue, should have been at welterweight. We know he got forced to move up. He kept consistently making weight. But he's a welterweight with an appetite. You can't have an appetite when you're a fighter. Mate, so Mexican he, food's great. Everybody yeah. loves Mexican food, don't they? If he can go, he's got to go back down to 170. Hmm. This is how he rekindles his career. This is how he pushes on again. He has put his hand up to face the guy that nobody in this weight division is willing to face. Nobody okay. wants to face Shavkat. That's a fact. No one okay. wants to go any fucking way near him. And Kelvin's gone, you know what? I'll take it because he knows what it means if you beat Shavkat. You're torpedoed into the conversation for an opportunity against Leon Edwards. So it's a shrewd decision by Kelvin. You know, he wasn't going to get that opportunity at the weight division above. He's been there before. He pushed the champ to the wire. But he can't string three wins together to get back in contention. This makes absolute sense, but it's massively dangerous. Because Shavkat's the fucking future, man. He's the future and he's here. <laughs> uh, leading up to that, that date that we just mentioned there, September 16th, from the month previous, I mean, mate, this is tremendous. Obviously, we've got the title fight there uh, with Shevchenko and Grasso, the rematch, okay? So just think about how all this is going to play out over a four-week period of what then could lead to something really special come the end of the year, whether it be the November 30th anniversary card or whether it be something in December. So... Taylor Santos versus Aaron Blanchfield. Mm -hmm. That is rumoured, not confirmed as of yet, UFC haven't confirmed this, but it's rumoured that Taylor Santos and Aaron Blanchfield are going to be in Singapore on the 26th of August. All right? That's on the Max Holloway card against yeah. Zombie. Again, a fantastic, fantastic fight. The week before that, if we just go a week prior to that, obviously we're in Boston and Wei Lee will be taking on Lemos. Okay? Now, that's on the uh, Aljo... Sean O'Malley, main event card. 
Then, of course, we come forward a week to Max Zombie Week, which I've just mentioned there for Taylor Santos against Blanchfield. The week after that, we're in Paris, and the rumour is that Rose Namajunas will be making a 125 uh, return, mm-hmm. debut, if you will, uh, against Manon Fioro. Um, and then the week after, we've got the pay-per-view in Sydney. Not a lot of stuff confirmed on that, but I would imagine that there'll be something quite tasty in there as well for these two, two particular divisions, 115 and 125. And then, of course, as I've just mentioned there, you fast forward into Mexico where you've got the 125 title fight. Mate, the whole narrative of the, those divisions there yeah, over four weeks are just going to go... Right, okay. At the end, at September 16th, you are going to know who the champion is and what direction this is going in. It's going to it's gonna be a phenomenal end of the year for those divisions. And then we haven't even got stuck into October, November, December either. The no, final, but I was just completely the month of the I, year. I was just concentrating on those on those yeah, women's yeah. divisions there of how no, that is know, all yeah. going to play out. But the, like you just said, Abu Dhabi, all this type of shit, it's going to be absolutely crackers. But what a great test for Blanchfield against Santos. If she comes through that, mate, she gets the winner of Shevchenko Grasso. Yeah. And then the the little thing that you throw on top of that is because going in between those two fights, what if Rose Namajunas looks ace? Yeah, exactly. Rose jumps the queue, man. Rose she is Rose. Does. She probably Rose does. Rose is fucking Rose. She jumps the queue. Of course she does. She's Rose Namajunas, man. If she looks good. She looks strong in that weight division. She fucking jumps the queue. Super exciting. Would you allow... Would you allow Wayley? There's a vacant, up? there's a vacant bantamweight title fight to slip in here somewhere as well because the UFC won't let that belt yeah. sit empty. Yeah, there's a UFC yeah. bantamweight title fight that's going to get slipped onto one of these cards soon too. Unless they save it for November. Oh, mate, I like the way you've done that. The. Uh... <laughs> Have you noticed that everybody's trying to pass off your idea as their own now, by the way? I know. I've got another idea, John Eric. Shall I, shall, I, shall I share it here? For, for those that don't know the idea, what his idea was, which he did about four weeks ago, was Ronda Rousey to return in November, November the for the Bantamweight title. That's that's what he, he, he said. And now everybody's passing it off. Oh, what about this? What about that? Yeah. Anyway, go on then. What's your, what's your new idea? So my, my original idea for November the 11th, which is the 30th anniversary of the UFC one. Um, and as we know, mid-November, the UFC traditionally go to New York. We have a big card, big world title fight. And a couple of weeks ago, I said, listen, man, I've got the perfect fight. It's Ronda Rousey. It's potentially against Holly Holm. If she comes through against Silva, it's for the vacant bantamweight belt. It's the rematch we need to see. It makes sense for everybody. We'll do it in New York. We'll cram bantamweight champion of the world but ronda will bring the wwe fanfare we can all get excited again there you go ufc you're welcome there's your modern day brock lesnar show up the bat signal she's coming to save the fucking anniversary event because as we know john jones is talking to tyson fury god knows why it'll never happen and mr mcgregor's enjoying life so we are desperate for a marquee main event in november however this week i've been giving it a bit more thought same event same event. All right. November the 11th, 30th anniversary event of the UFC. How do we make that a spectacle if we don't have a major attraction? If Ronda Rousey says no, if John Jones is still talking silly buggers with Tyson Fury, and if Conor McGregor's still sipping my ties on his Lamborghini yacht, 
how do we make November the 11th <laughs> something special? And I've come up with a cracking idea. Is it a fight? It's an event. Ah. Because just a few weeks ago, the city of Denver crowned the Denver Nuggets as the NBA champions. It's buzzing right now. The city is alive and well. Sporting success is returned to Denver, Colorado, the home of UFC 1. I say we go back to Denver in November, the place where it all began. Okay, it's a different arena now, but it's the Nuggets Arena. It's a fucking huge stadium. We go back there and we tournament it. We do a tournament, UFC tournament. We handpick a selection of fighters across various weight divisions to move up and move down. We do a catchweight tournament and we fucking deliver something special. You're telling me you couldn't get six, eight fighters to go, yeah, man, I'll do I'll do a catchweight around 190 or something like that. We get a couple of cheeky middleweights, light heavyweights. We get a couple of small heavyweights coming down and we just go all in celebration of UFC one back in Denver, back where it all began. Bro, listen. We get the old poster out, the guy with the globe and all that. You know, fucking, we go all in. Paint the canvas the same color as it was. Right, we listen. Get, you know, all the X, we get fucking Gerard Gordo <laughs> and Hoist Gracie all cage side. All in, bro, all in. <laughs> we give Joe Rogan a wig so he looks like the old Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I know he do you remember like that? One, by the way. Do, you, do you remember them days when, when UFC was, was banned from every single state in the United yes. States? Because, Except Denver. Because... <laughs> Except Denver. So let's go no, back so, to Denver. So what are you saying? What are you saying? No rounds. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm saying. 20, we, just fight, unified, fight until someone can't stand no, anymore. No. Is that what we're doing? Still unified rules. We just catch weight it. And we make everyone wear one glove like Art Jimerson for the first round. <laughs> just go all in. Can, can we go gi? Can I put gi on? Mate, we need to we need to get a Gracie on there. That's a start. Absolutely, we need a Gracie on the bill. Let's go nostalgia. Mate. I'm saying we go back to Denver, back where it all began. Get all the nuggets cage side, get the trophy there. Let's have a celebration. Let's go back to Colorado, kids. November the 11th, let's do it. Nostalgia. People love it. I love it. You got the, the, the man in the, on the globe in the center of the octagon, the full it, man. You're fucking awesome. I they like the idea of Denver, Colorado, but then open weight categories. Open weight tournaments a stretch. I'll give you that. It's a stretch. <laughs> but you're telling me you couldn't get certain fighters to sign up. You're telling me you couldn't get... Gaston will sign up for it. Strickland will sign up for it. I don't give a fuck about weight. Go on. I'll have a go. Mate, I'm telling you, you could get eight just to go, yeah, man, fuck it. Let's just rock up. Let's just rock up and throw down. See what happens. Funny as fuck, it'd be awesome. You're a madman. Just just when you thought the sport was going in the right direction. <laughs> Nick Pete drags it back 30 years. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, one thing that uh, caught my eye this week, um, on the back of a win against Phil Rowe at the weekend, did you see who Neil Magny called out? No. Neil Magny called out Ian Machado Gary. Oh. I'm sure that's been I've, spoken about before. That's, that's That feels yeah, that's, familiar. 
Yes. Did, did Ian Gary call him out? I think Ian Gary might have called him out. That's why. Ian, Ian Gary has told you his pathway to glory is what he said. And he said, listen, you know what Ian Gary's like? He's always living. He's always manifesting and seeing it in the future. Mm. Once I beat Jeff Neal, and that is a very tough fight yeah. uh, against Sansa Steele. But once I beat Jeff Neal, I'm going to be moving in the direction of uh, Neil Magny. And then once I've done Neil Magny, I'm going to be moving on to this, this and this. Okay, cool. Neil Magny's top trumped him. And he says, right. I think he referred to him as the little Irish fella. I don't think he was talking about Connor. Uh, but he did then specifically say, Ian, uh, Ian Gary, come my way, my friend. If you can come through that fight against Jeff Neal, come my way. And we'll, uh, and we'll, uh, nice. we'll see what happens. That is an outstanding fight. And it's kind it's of done. Main event. Yeah, it's done for uh, yeah. Ian Gary if he can come through the uh, Jeff Neal fight. Uh, we'll finish uh, with obviously a few words about Stevie Ray because he's called time on his career off the back of uh, off the back of his defeat in the PFL. I mean, he had a wonderful run last year. We genuinely thought that he he could do something quite yeah. unbelievable and and win the tournament at lightweight. Um, came through with some sensational victories against Pettis, um, got himself into the final, just fell short against uh, Aubin Messier, and it's just not really clicked for him uh, this year. And last week, obviously, he was he was well beaten um, in his in his bracket uh, bracket fight in, in the PFL. We know that he's obviously had a lot of things going on outside uh, of competition, of which we wish him all the ver- him and his family all the very best with uh, yeah. wishing. Uh, health, wellness, and happiness uh, to him. But what a great career, man. Just one of those dudes that always, just always, always brought it, always had a, always gave a wicked interview, just a proper, what I would class as, bloke. Just the proper bloke. Turns proper up. Bloke. Right, we're having a fight. It's you and me. Sound as, mate. Some good wins on there. Some losses on there. It's what a mixed martial arts career is supposed to look like. And I've no doubt that now the next generation that are going to go through the uh, the Stevie Ray Academy are going to benefit from a wealth of knowledge. And who knows, man? I've no doubt that he might coach somebody uh, to uh, to the UFC and maybe even beyond. Yeah, listen, he's been there, done it, wore the T-shirt, hasn't he? Fought all over the world. 38 fight career. Um, I think when... I think that was the first time in his career he suffered back-to-back-to-back defeats. Yeah, um, first time he's I done think, three on the spin, yeah. Yeah, I think any time you... Any time you... Um, especially with what he's gone through in his personal life, when your professional life isn't working out either, and there's a conversation about mentally where you're at, and you've been around as long as he has, and he has been around an awful lot, a long time. You know, as you say, he's literally fought everywhere, built up on Scottish shows, then he was on Banner, then he went through to... Um, Cage Warriors, then of course into the UFC. Now he's had this rebirth in PFL where he's arguably picked up some of the best wins of his careers. You know, fucking back to back wins over Anthony Pettis, you know, the former UFC champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, sensational stuff. And he was always a massively popular fighter when he was in the UFC as well. You know, picked up massive names there, beat Ross Pearson, beat Joe yeah. Lauzon. You know, in Dublin now, names. Was that Sorry? in Dublin? Was that in Dublin against Ross? Who was that? Uh, uh, was it Belfast? Maybe Dublin? Maybe you're right. One of Belfast or Dublin? Absolutely. Great win. Great. Yeah. Win. Sensational win. So yeah, he's had a wonderful career. You know, as you say, fought literally everybody. Never turned the fight down. Um, 
I just think right now there's a he's got another fight going on in his life, and it makes sense that he puts all his focus there. I expect to see him continue to grapple. Sensational grappler. Wouldn't surprise mm. me if you see him on a jujitsu mat, continuing to win gold medals um, as he hurtles towards forty years. But he can walk away from MMA. Hopefully, he's got some money in the bank with his head held high. Sensational career. One of the true pioneers of Scottish MMA. And uh, and as you say, the 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 kids in Fife that attend his gym are in fantastically good hands and it won't be long until we see him no doubt cornering some of these guys in the uh, biggest promotions on the planet yeah and it's just a nice block as well man just a nice block top um there you go congratulations stevie um that is your mma preview this weekend next week you know what's coming down kids you know how this is going Las Vegas. Looking forward to it because there's there's plenty going on. Obviously, we've got the uh, International uh, Ho- uh, Hall of Fame induction. Anderson Silver going into uh, the Hall of Fame, plus uh, a couple of others. There'll be a lot of names uh, in and around Las Vegas next week. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast because we are going to have microphones in hand, cameras in hand, and attempting to sit down with uh, some familiar faces um, and, and chat. And, and talk about MMA and UFC and all the things that you love. We'll get some interviews for you and we'll stick them up on our channel. So make sure uh, you subscribe to the Fight Disciples podcast. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com, or via the YouTube. Uh, get on Fight Disciples. The International Fight Week next week, building up towards UFC 290. Volkanovski against Yaya Rodriguez. And we've got Brandon Moreno in there against Alexandre Pantoja. And it's going to be one of them where Nick is going to keep reminding us, I picked Pantoja in January. I picked Pantoja in January. I picked Pantoja. It's going to be one of them weeks, kids. All right? And he just might do it because the kid's fucking talented. But he's up against an elite fighter in Brandon Moreno, who is in sensational form. They've got Bobby Knuckles versus Duplessis as well, which is (sighs) get ready for something statement-ish there. And Jalen Turner versus Dan Hooker as well, man. They... Robbie Lawler's retirement fight. Mate. Jack Della Maddalena taking on Sean Oh, Brady. that's the one. Come on. Come on. That's the one. Come that's... on. Up close and personal with Jack Della Maddalena. Hey, and, them hands. And this is our last ever show for BT Sport. Here's a revelation for everyone. Our last show. Why have you BT scared Sport everyone? Will be Why have you scared everyone? It, it, all it is is changing names, you bellend. Why have you just done that? The lads are... No, we're not leaving. We ain't leaving! <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it's like, isn't it? Exactly. It's the so last time UFC will be brought to you in the UK on BT Sport because the following show will be London. And we will bells and whistles, and we will have brand new hats and t-shirts on that say TNT, baby. Yeah, lots to get excited about. Going to be a big week next week, uh, so make sure you tune in to the Fight Disciples podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.